This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gelsman gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Harden now. Hutton going past one man, finding Wagstaff, Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. So, welcome back to another episode of the Hull and Back podcast. I'm Matthew Lill, and tonight I'll be joined by Paul Woodford for a very special chat. Paul Woodford, if you do not know, he is the head of operations at the MKN Stadium, and takes control of the match day experience. How are you doing, Paul? You all right? Yeah, good. Good to join you guys. Thanks for the intro. Um, and uh, along for the ride as well, we've got Will Young and Nathaniel. How are you doing both, guys? You all right? Perfectly fine. Ah, okay. It's Monday night. Um, anyway, moving on from this, I just want to, as I like to start every podcast, we'd like to start by thanking those that um, work alongside us, help promote our name a little bit more. So I'll start off by talking about Hull City Retro. Have you heard about these before, Paul? Are you aware of them? No, I'm not. Well, I think I might be. Yeah, well, Hull City Retro are really big on um, Twitter at the moment. Uh, what they do is they replicate the old shirts of the past. So for those younger lads that probably weren't around at the time when these really good old shirts were out, um, they recreate these at a really affordable price of only £50 a share. Um, when you look at this in comparison to the price of an authentic one and how hard it is to get your hands on one, um, it's a really good second choice so they do that and um, give us a lot of support a lot of our posts uh, on twitter are retweeted by him so you know we, we like to do the same and give him a shout out whenever we're online so massive thank you to whole city retro secondly is whole badge man and um, i mention this again every single time the, the, the badge game in the world of football at the moment is is getting is slowing down and it, it's not ideal but um what we do is we have to have people support uh, Daryl at Hull Badge Man and look to buy some of his badges. If it's just online or on the way into the ground, it, it's £3 a pop and it really keeps him going. So if you can, do reach out and help out. And 
Lastly, our main sponsor, who is a good friend of mine, is Charlie Spaulding, filmmaker. Um, he, he contributes towards the stream in a way. He pays for our um, streaming app, so it's, it's brilliant in that aspect. And he also, it's, it's just brilliant what he does. You'll, you may have heard of him yourself, Paul. Um, he does a lot of work in the motorsport areas. Okay. So you might have to keep an eye out for him, but he's also worked with the likes of Jackie Abbott and Adidas as well. So he's, he's got some big names in his portfolio at the moment. Um, Paul, pleasure to have you on the show. Um, it's For me, what we're trying to do at the moment is to try and bring some names in from around the area um, who are close to the club and just try and get to know you a little bit more and kind of what you bring to the table. Um, we started off with Steve Jordan last time, who, who was great to have on, and we're moving on to yourself, like I said, the head of operations. So, I want to start off first by just asking: I mean, Are you a local lad, or? I am. Yeah, I'm from from Hull. I've I've lived here all my life. My parents still live in uh, in South Cave, just out in the uh, in the tree lined suburb, shall we say? <laughs> um, and I I currently actually live across the bridge because my last job took me out into Lincolnshire. Um, but I'm I'm very much a Hull lad and uh, pleased to be back. Good, good. Um, and it, it's it's obviously the, the job at MKM Stadium. You started off this season with Hull City, is that right? Yes, started on the 1st of September, so I'm not long into the job. Um, the season had already got underway, so I've made sure I had a few matches under my belt before I before I started. And so I, I was, I was going to stick to a bit of a structure here, but it seems like it's just going to go as a bit of a conversation. Did you support Hull growing up? or? Um, that, that's a difficult one to answer. I'm not a big football um man however i used to play football and if you live in hull you can't help but be impressed by affected by impacted by how whole city are doing at any given time you know being in business in hull being at school in hull so you know i had the kids i, I played football I, so i've always had a, a big affection for the club um what i've been really surprised by i'm a big motorsport fanatic and i, I really didn't think working in football um, would would turn my head, but having been there for a, a month and a half, the amount of passion in the offices at the MKM Stadium has actually got me uh, quite uh, excited about football. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Um, I think growing up in this area, you're either one of three things. Now, the last one that I'm going to say, you probably won't think of for the area, but growing up as a kid, you're either into sport or you like the cast like so, yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I see you when, you, when you're growing up, um, especially as a, a young lad. You know, how, how old are you, Paul? I'm 37. I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm, you don't look it. I'm gonna, that's not me hitting on you. Um, but, <laughs> however, um, like I said, I'm, I'm only 30 myself, and I think I probably look older than you. Um, but like I said, when I was growing up, you was either sports or using T-bikes in your cars, and that's got up. Or some kids' dads took on fishing. Um, but there was few and far between, I think. Um, yeah. But in Hull, it's more so you're either football or rugby. That's kind of like the route you, you go down in it when you're growing up. And um, to, to get into motorsport and to do as well as you've done, you know, it's brilliant because I don't think I saw anything on the TV other than the F1 when I was growing up. So what kind of led you down that path? Uh, we were a motorsport family, so mum and dad both competed in rallying. Um, and as soon as I could get my hands on a rally car, I was out competing as well. So I, I was a motorsport journalist while I was at uni in Hull. Um, and everything I did from that moment on was motorsport, really. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, I, I see it myself, you know, and there's, I've seen a meme on, online a couple of times where there's two types of people when they overtake. 
you would take like a normal person, you put your indicator on and you take it correctly. Or you get the guys watching my spot and they get in the slipstream and then they do it. Which, which one are you? I don't know. I see it slightly differently. I think you look for a gap, and if there's a gap there and you don't go for it, you're no longer a racing driver. I think that goes for football as well. Uh, if you don't go for that gap, you're no longer a footballer, right? Yeah, I know. I think I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what happened then? So, you, you're obviously working in um, motorsport journalism. Um, you're performing in motorsport. You know, you're 100% motorsport. What made you go football? Like, tell me about that. Um, well, essentially, the one thing that isn't in my job, just for anyone listening who doesn't um, know what head of operations means, I'm not actually in the football club. I'm SMC, head of operations. So yeah. if you like, I'm in charge of what happens at the stadium. So actually, it's it's football and rugby in, in my case. Um, so I did that exact job at Cadwell Park for the last five years. I was head of operations. I was a circuit manager there. Um, but you learn very quickly to keep the two things separate, um, or at least I did. So you keep the subject matter separate from the job. Otherwise, you can end up doing something that you love that isn't necessarily delivering in other aspects of your life. And I've got a young family. Um, I'm quite career driven. I'm, I'm ambitious. Um, so I, I stuck to my guns on that. And when this job came up, I was looking for a bit of a, a change. Um, the next step, if you like, for my career and uh, being in charge at the MKM Stadium, something which I've always um, admired. I think you, you go to the MKM Stadium, especially as a kid. I went there and... Um, it's an incredible place. Yeah, so to, to swap Cadwell Park with something else, I couldn't have just gone and done this job in a, in a normal business. It had to be sport because you get used to the buzz of kind of building up to something time after time and getting a bit of a, a, a kickback, for a reward for, for what you do. You can see the results of your hard work time and time again in sport, whereas in a normal business, you can't. It's just sort of flat lines. Um, so I had to go into sport. This came up. Um, I actually applied for it a year uh, a year and a bit before I got it. I didn't get it the first time. Um, wow. So uh, then the, the team at the MKM Stadium, the, the club owners came back to me. Um, and so, then here we are. So we're thinking you, you interviewed well, um, just not well enough. And the guy that took on instead, or, or female, sorry, um, didn't do too well and they've gone. We should have really took ball. Yeah, I, I think this this last year has been a, a, bit of, a bit of a difficult year, hasn't it? And uh, what well, is yeah. a difficult time to come into this job? Um, and in a way, I'm pleased that I didn't uh, get the job because it gave me a bit of time to watch from the sidelines and really get my head around the, the football and the rugby, rugby and, and what the stadium does in the meantime. So when the, the call came up, I was, I was more ready, if that makes sense. Well, judging by what you just said there, you was happy to go again in the future if the job came up. So it was only right for you to maybe learn and understand the customers a little bit better from the sideline, as you say. Um, yeah, listening, what people are saying, what they want from the one thing that always gets me, and I feel like you're delivering a service in terms of what you do, aren't you? And yeah. the ultimate picture is you're delivering a service. Um, and when you're delivering service, and in your case, to thousands of people, do you get a buzz from seeing and walk away happy? I know it's hard at the moment because you can't control the, the result on the pitch, but... No, I do. And, and that is 100% why I do this job. And it's why I, I came from motorsport to do the job. I'm doing now here in football and, and rugby at the MKM Stadium because it, it just, that feeling, someone said to me um, the other day that I strut when it's event day. So actually it was someone who used to come and see um, see me at Cadwell and had seen me when I was managing things there and uh, she also saw me at the MKM Stadium last weekend. Um, sorry, last 
was it Wednesday night? God, the time flies yeah. at night. Um, and she said, you strut just like when you're at Kedwell. And I thought, yeah, I do. Because I'm really proud. And I said to, to Steve, our event safety manager, I said, do you strut, Steve? And he was like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> and uh, you do. You, you get very proud of, of what you're delivering. And exactly as you say, what we're doing is delivering a service. And operations can be something completely separate to the commercial side of, of a business. And in many businesses, it is and needs to be. But in sport, in leisure, in a very public-facing business like that, the two have to be very intertwined. And that doesn't always happen. It, it wasn't happening at Cadwell Park when I went there. Um, yeah. And it needs to happen more here as well. So I'm very much embedded in that experience part of what we do. And, you know, although operations is the background, it's the thing that keeps the lights on and, and makes sure that the uh, the commercial side of an event works. If the two don't work together and you're not proud of that, that public-facing fan-facing aspect of what we do then uh, you need to go and do a different job no i, I agree massively and it, you probably hear this a lot and we could easily digress on this on this conversation but we, we, you hear it a lot in these sort of businesses where it's about visual management and um we we spoke briefly um on linkedin i think it was two or three weeks ago and i think straight after that weekend or the next game after that i seen this guy knocking about in a gray suit and i'm like what's he doing what's he doing walking around there and I then found out that was you and I thought, well, I don't even remember, like, if it had been in the past, I'd have spotted someone walking around in a suit, but you just didn't see it. But you instantly stood out, which made you, it subconsciously hits in your head and you say, well, someone cares what about what they're doing here. They're looking around and they're trying to be a part and trying to, like, um, have their presence. And it was exactly shown there. So that's good to hear I'm, i i am at the moment of presence on match days very much so because we've got so much that we're trying to get on top of having reopened the stadium after after what happened last year um there were a lot of things happening fan wise that we're trying to work with fans on so i've got to be out there and i've got to be seen to be getting involved and rolling my sleeves up and and, and leading from the front on that because that's what my team want to see and to be honest when i'm talking to supporters and i do regularly that's what they want to hear that I'm actually out there and I've, I've seen what I'm talking about and I'm, exactly. I'm a part of trying to fix it and, and trying to get on top of it. Um, and also a part of enjoying it. You know, they, they, they can see that I'm proud of what I do when I'm out there. Um, but I am, I'm very lucky that we've got a fantastic commercial team. Um, Joe Clutterbrook, our chief commercial officer and his team put on some of the best um, family entertainment that I've seen um, and the passion behind the scenes yeah it's very hard not to get excited about what we do if i'm if i'm perfectly honest you could be the most drab day-to-day -day operations uh manager and you'd still get excited i think because of what we do i think it just helps that i've got a bit of enthusiasm there to start with as well yeah so that kind of leads me to the next part then so what do you bring to the table then in terms of what what control do you have over it and what are you going to bring the the fans to the oh, no attempt to a difference what, what 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 can you do well in terms of to answer that in two parts in terms of control um between joe clutterbrook and i we we control the whole experience so you know the way i put it to our stewards and, and staff in my team certainly is that you know there are up to at the minute i don't know between 10 and eleven thousand people turning up on match day not one of those people sitting in the stands is going to meet one of the players the players actually how they play on the pitch isn't as big a part of everyone's experience and how they enjoy themselves and how comfortable and safe they are in that environment as people think. 
So we've got to see ourselves as the, the be-all and the end-all because we're the start and we're the end. We're the last conversation people will have before they leave, as you say, and we're the first conversation people will have when they arrive. It's a steward, it's a car parking attendant, it's someone in the ticket office, it's somebody in the retail yeah. shop. It's one of Joe's team out on the concourse or out in front of the West Stand doing the shootouts and the, the street sports and, and things like that. And so we are very much the first and the last part of the experience and therefore for me they were the most important part of it so in terms of control joe controls the commercial side and what happens event wise i control what happens with the stadium so everything from policing to stewarding to uh, we've got a well, i say catering we've got a, a team that handles the catering and hospitality but all of that comes under operations um, but you know even the most mundane stuff that you wouldn't think could make somebody's day but car parking you know if you get a friendly steward in the car park that yeah. points you out where to go rather than either nobody there or somebody who doesn't know where they are um that can put you off on the wrong foot so all these things that don't sound very glamorous and on their own perhaps don't sound that important add up to be a, a huge part of the day and so apart from what happens on the pitch because i have nothing to do with that um, everything else i can control and, and it i have yeah. to make sure we're doing the best job possible and have we always done that not necessarily there are some really good things we can do so what i bring to the table is a, a commercial background so when i went to cadwell park the the sales and the commercial side of what was happening and the marketing side just just wasn't very good and we weren't connecting yeah. with our audience we weren't understanding the people who were coming through the door to watch motor racing luckily that's not the case uh, with Hull City because we've got a commercial team that really do understand that. But my understanding of the commercial side, combined with my experience of running the operations, means that I can really make sure that we're as aligned and pulling in the same direction as possible yeah. when it comes to that match day experience. So when you know Joe's team wants to deliver something on the concourse, I sit there with a smile on my face thinking, yeah, that sounds brilliant. Let's put a plan in place to make sure that happens. And, and what have you thought about this? And And, you know, it's that kind of attitude that leads to events growing and I've seen it happen and yeah. that is going back to what you said right at the beginning that's the buzz of what we do is is having an idea making it happen and then seeing the results of that idea so uh yeah it's an excitement and an experience in in developing that side of events that, that I'm bringing to the table yeah I, I agree massively and, and when it comes down to the world of customer service and you'll probably agree with me here and it comes about doing those one percent right you know, we, everybody picks up and does, and without one person doing their job right, everybody everybody needs to do their bit correctly. And you mentioned from the stewards to the people on the concourse to the, um, whether it's the um, executive staff, everyone does their 1% to make sure they get it right for an overall big picture. So no, I couldn't agree more. And you mentioned Joe's, Joe's name a couple of times there. And us fans, you know, it's, it's what we like to do. We, we like to rant. And the safe space to do it, because there's no repercussion, and um, I'm going to say because nobody else does, is on Twitter, because there's no repercussion doing it. So I'm, I remember, I've still got an issue with my whole city away shirt, and it's obviously nothing to do with you, but I ranted about it on Twitter, Joe jumped into my inbox, and you know, he straight away apologised, and looked completely on me, and I apologised. And that's something I've not had before from a club, so that for me was, was a great feeling, and then we, we then link on, we then connect on LinkedIn, and it's, it's, all been, it's all been fine so it's something that i've not had before so for me it's all going well into yeah joe and i are, are very big on that and it, just to give you another example a statement went out to fans recently from uh Hall city um because there, there was a becoming a bit of a, a pocket of of anti-social behavior and trouble which um you know is, is frankly 
ruining the game for people that want to come and enjoy the banter and enjoy that kind of away day feel but want to feel safe um, the police have tasked us with doing something about it our safety group have tasked us with doing something about it so we sent a statement out to explain what we're going to be doing about it to all fans that went out across the board and i've been personally replying um to people who've had something to say about that when they've either contacted us on social media or via email um and i've i've met up with um supporters who perhaps supported the concept of what we were doing supported the the actions we were taking and i've also met up with somebody who didn't um and i think it's important just like joe has done there to stand up and be counted um and, and to do things like this you know um would a head of operations normally sit on a podcast uh, to potentially be asked some awkward questions at a pretty difficult time for the club um, when he's a month and a half into the job? Perhaps not. Can I answer all of your questions? Um, no, probably not. But, you know, I'm going to answer them honestly and, and give you a feel for the passion that's behind the scenes so that when, when you're watching a match and the team doesn't do as well as you'd hope on the pitch, you know that the, there are, for every one of you, there are people back behind the scenes working very hard and disappointed with the result and wanted to make things better as well. Yeah, yeah I think that kind of adds as well. And it only makes your job a little bit easier when you said you've, what, you've come from, um, as you mentioned, with Cadwell Park, with the commercial aspect and the marketing aspect and stuff like that. Here, you've come to a place where everybody wants to work in the right direction. That's got to be a, a, a dream come true for you, for not only if you're working back in, in Hull at the MKM Stadium, then the people around you are just doing what you want as well. So um, I'm going to say, uh, congrats yourself for landing a, a, a role as, as good as it can be in terms of what you want, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, it's brilliant insight into terms of what goes on in the background, Paul. It, it's great. Um, Nathaniel has got a question he wants to ask you because he's got a bit of a gripe with the half-time entertainment. Do oh, I? You've set me up here. I said that privately beforehand. Oh, well, now that so much I don't want to well, I mean, guy, so. well, firstly, rather before I berate you completely, I'd, I'll, I'll ask something beforehand. But like, how much creative control over things like halftime entertainment or maybe the light shows beforehand? Is that like your responsibility or, or is that not your role? Um, it depends what it is. Certain part, I mean, essentially the, the entertainment side of things comes from the commercial team, but you know, many of it, much of it is linked so that the lights show, you know, it's up to me to make sure the lights work so that you can have a light show, yeah. but the entertainment team will, will sort those out and, and did the light show and it went along to the video and the music that they had on. Um, so a combination, all, all of the above. So, for example, when we put things on the South Concourse in the family area, um, it will be Joe Clutterbrook's team that will put things in there, but we will, you know, put the safety plans in place for them, do the risk assessments and put whatever we, we need in. A great example of us tying up is the water fountains that we put in recently around the concourse. So with the rules getting tighter on what you can and can't bring into sports stadiums, and that's across the piece, not just where we are, um, we had to stop certain uh, things coming in. One of those was pre-filled um, bottles, but we, we gave out a thousand free, clear, whole city branded bottles at the last match, and we've put water fountains in so people can get free um, drinking water in, in a nice environment on the concourse. So that's a good example of us tying up. But if you're going to ask me about the halftime entertainment, um, I'm not sure how much I can answer on that. <laughs> I'll blame the entertainment try. team. Then. Yeah. You got on, what's what's wrong with the halftime entertainment? You want Rory I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take yeah. feedback back with me. Well, I mean, uh, like, I, I think it's actually a very good cause, though, that you're getting like the young kids' teams who like are being sponsored, right? And they're yeah. doing the entertainment. So that's good. It's just not 
entertaining for me. But you know, uh, maybe maybe if the if we were doing better at the moment, uh, I wouldn't you know criticize the entertainment so much. And you can't. That's not. Uh, to, you know, for the team to play well, but I, mean, no, I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring this up. What sorts of things would you would you like to see there? Ideally, what sort of things? Well, would, I mean, you've only got what a 10, 15 minute. Um, which most true. people disappear off for a drink. So, you, from our point of view, yeah. it's very difficult to decide. Well, do you entertain the people who are stood queuing for a drink, or do you entertain the few people who stay behind, or do you entertain the people who sit there and read the program? In mm. that, it's it's difficult to know what you could do in that space of time. So going back to my last job, because a motor racing event takes place all day, it's very easy to put different zones in place and have people going around enjoying different bits of entertainment. The challenge is very different with football. You've got this hour and a half blast with a 15-minute interval in between. So um, any feedback you have um, would be really useful to take back with me on what sorts of things you've seen at other stadiums, for example. One thing I don't say is competition, no matter what level it's at, People want to want to win, um, so if you used to see, for instance, we, we've seen it before, where you can have a competition to be on the pitch at half time to take a penalty for a spot prize, something along them lines, or going back. I think we're going back to about 2005 here. They, they had things like in the bin or something like that, where you had to hit the biffer bin at half time, or crossbars. It's just little things like that. But you know, you, you see stuff like that, and from a commercial point of view, you get a funny moment on that, and that could go viral. You know what I mean? And that. But then makes people see what they're missing, doesn't it? And there's a, there's yeah, a lot of you're going to get me in trouble with my grounds team for making uh, <laughs> <laughs> for taking feedback like this. Um, yeah, it's an interesting idea. I like the idea of having having something on the pitch that people can get involved in. I'll take it back. And does does Rory still take the lobby round half time? Does he have that bucket yeah. of sweets? I don't know. Rory's definitely around, isn't he? I've seen them both mm. around. In fact, there was a really nice moment. Um, at which match? It was the Middlesbrough match, I think. Um, and Rory and Amber sat down after the second half got underway. And Rory kind of tapped his seat. And all the kids in the it was the southwest area of the ground all flopped and sat down at the front um, alongside them both, which was a really nice moment. Um, I, I take the point that Nathaniel probably wasn't one of those kids. I'm not denying it, no. Yeah. Did Rory not give you enough attention at half-time, Nathaniel? Well, I didn't see him, no. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think it's good, though, what they're doing with the um, the kids' teams and that they get to be on the pitch. That's, that's more important than just me being entertained. So um, Yeah, and KCOM were giving yeah. um, a kit a, a kit to a football team every time, every goal that's scored exactly. as well, yeah. which um, that's yeah. a really and good concept. stuff before the game uh, is good as well. But, I mean, I went to a Huddersfield, well, we all went to the away yeah. Huddersfield game and they didn't have anything at halftime. And they didn't, I don't think, uh, and they didn't have stuff outside the ground, like face painting and all that sort of stuff. And, I think it's really important that it's happening to kind of get like free fruit as well and uh, yeah. little games outside. It's important to get like the kids involved because especially with like, um, you know, attendances, you want uh, younger fans to be invested. And I think that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, we need the dads and lads and, and mums and daughters back again, don't we? We need mm. families coming to watch football again. There's so much more to compete with now compared to back in the day when you were stood. I remember going to Boothree Park with my parents stood there getting lost in the, the sea of legs in the terraces um, yeah. and it's it's a much nicer experience with all of those things particularly when you come to a football match now so i've brought my kids a few times um 
and, and they love it. And as you say, I, I came to the, was it the Bournemouth match, the uh, first one where we had, no, it's Queen's Park Rangers, wasn't it, when we first had fans back to the stadium. Um, yeah. And the marketing team did a load of flags and T-shirts and Geocom yeah. um, sponsored a load of goodies to give away for the uh, kind of welcome back to the fans. And I think that that's building and having fans back in gives us that scope to do a few more things. And there are more ideas in the pipeline. Um, if you've come to um, a whole city match as an away fan, which clearly none of you guys have, but we've started putting um, branding up in the that's away it. end. So that's right. Yeah. He said yeah. the posh end. Um, and we're doing that for every away team, which we're trying to build an experience. We can't do quite the same thing in the away end that we can in the home end. That's the way it goes. Um, but we, we can, as you say, Nathaniel, get people invested in, in that experience and make it more than just a game of football to try and build that next generation because we all want the next generation to be stood there just as passionately. And that's one thing I'll say is both Hull City and, and Hull FC, to balance my job here at, at SMC, neither of those clubs would exist in the way that they do and, and uh, in such a high profile way if it wasn't for the fans the fans here are just incredible they're so passionate um, and I know from the ones I've been talking to on email and at matches when I've been wandering around I know how much of a generational kind of um, investment there is in the club so you're right we do need to keep pushing and doing more and I will speak to the team about doing something um, at half time maybe we'll have Nathaniel out there um, trying to get the ball in a biffle bin. But if my grounds team don't let you on the pitch, Nathaniel, you might have to do it on the bowl <laughs> or in the South Car Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good idea. I mean, I, I wanted to say uh, uh, a kudos to yourself, Paul, because from what you're saying in terms of what you're doing and how we've seen the little changes, and Nathaniel mentioned with the kids coming on at half time, as much as it isn't entertaining for him, but. Um, <laughs> The, the concept's there, it's perfect, it's great for the kids. Um, You've you obviously done a great job, especially to say the politics that's going on that are out of your control. So there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on with the team that's out of your control and you're doing a great job and not being affected by that. So I want to say kudos to yourself, well done. On that. Thank you. That's part of the challenge, you know, you're always going to get politics. It doesn't matter how well things are going, there'll be politics and I've, I've seen that before, behind the scenes that no one ever sees and sometimes those ones are even worse. Um, so all of that is, you know, part of the bigger picture. It's obviously con it's linked to what we all do, but the people behind the scenes are working their socks off. And, and that's yeah. something that, you know, you can't get across very often. So if, if I can use this platform to do anything, it will be to, to thank the hardworking people that are alongside me, both at SMC and on the club side of things. Um, because it, it is just, it, it can be organised, chaos on the lead up to a match day because of how much he's getting done and you can stand there on a match day and wonder how it all got done really with the the small yeah. team of people that we really have behind the scenes no, it's great so in, in terms of what you do then how often do you get to see the players um, or the management team well as part of my job i wouldn't really need to um, i see them in if i go to the training ground for example um, I'll see them tomorrow. I've got a day off actually, but I'm taking the kids to a bit of a busman's holiday. We're going to the open training session. So I'll see them tomorrow, yeah. just like you all can. Um, yeah. uh, but I'll, I'll see them when they come in to do the odd event. I, I don't have, my job doesn't involve me having to get involved with the players as such. Um, I speak to you know Grant on a few things and, and his team, but generally oh. not very much. Bit disappointing. I was going to ask you who the funniest player is. Um... <laughs> I, my 14-year-old my was... Um, 
very excited because I, I had lunch at the training ground with uh, with Grant and some of the players um, in my first week of being here. And uh, it was like he was building up to this day. And he was like, right, I want to know exactly who you were sat with. And I want to... <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, yeah, your son, is he going up on Hull City then? Has he been up Yeah, so I have three little boys. So um, they're all mini Tigers, but yeah, definitely more so now. I think my 14-year-old somehow thinks it's an automatic promotion to the uh, to the academy or something. Um, but no, he, he plays football um, over this side of the bridge, actually. And I think the, the middle one, the seven-year-old, would like to do it very soon. And, and the younger one will probably follow suit. Um, I've got to make sure I balance things out, make sure they're sat in racing cars just as much as they have now. <laughs> have a little Max Verstappen um, <laughs> on your hands so that, that could be dangerous um, but no, that, there, was, there was one last thing I wanted to go through and I wanted to ask you if there was any spoilers, anything that you haven't mentioned that we could see coming up in the future would that be a spoiler um, though? Um, you've got to ask the question you've got to ask, you've got to ask, you've got to ask. I feel like there's surprises yeah um, we've got quite a lot of things actually in the pipeline N none of which I can talk about because then simply because they're not actually advanced enough to talk about. But one thing we will be doing very soon is a bit of a public awareness campaign to back up the work that we're doing to kind of um, to reset the the atmosphere in certain parts of the ground where perhaps people have come out of lockdown, full momentum. Perhaps the younger uh, fans previously were coming with relatives. Now they're old enough, having had a year of doing nothing with lockdowns and coronavirus pandemic and they can come and watch matches we need to reset the behavior in some areas um so we'll be doing a bit of a public awareness campaign which i hope will be nice and arty um and quite graphic to support the work that we're doing with the police and the, the local authority there um i know that's not very exciting but in my world that goes down as quite exciting and you must have seen talking of exciting and campaign stuff i'm going off a tangent here did you see the um campaign that we did on the billboards in hull yes so we took basically I, I can't take any any credit for this but i absolutely love it it sends chills so uh joe and his team took um lines from the eye of the tiger song mm. and they just oh, yeah. put them on a plain black background with tiger stripe lettering and, and the first one was um rising up back on the street it was just as fans came back to the stadium and it, the momentum was building um and there's a whole range of them that joe showed me the other day which um they're absolutely fabulous. Stuff like that really gets me quite excited. It's simple but effective. Um, so look out for those. It's simple but effective, isn't it? Yeah, that's it is, and I think that song, and if you take the words out of that song, they're, they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, you strip them down. Nathaniel, no, did you have another question? or, or was We kind of oh, we put that one in your plate, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, uh, one question I, I did want uh, to ask, <laughs> which we asked Steve Jordan as well. Um, and I think we've already established this wouldn't be uh, you know, up to you, but what's your opinion on goal music? Wow. Um, can I respectfully say I'm not sure I have one yet because um, I haven't seen enough stadiums to uh, to see what other yeah. people do. Um, yeah, that's fair, I think. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'll throw that right back at you. Dodge that one. Yeah, yeah. We're strongly against it, aren't we? In football, yeah. no. In certain sports, it works, but not in football. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I was sort of hoping maybe like uh, you hate it so much that even if you got <laughs> told to install it, you'd, you'd go on strike or something. <laughs> Let, let's go with that as a very loose promise. If I remember, oh, okay. <laughs> someone ever says to me, "We're going we're to play," um, I don't know, "M people" or something as as the ball goes in. I will think of you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whether, I, oh, whether or not I have control over that at that moment in time, I will think of you. Oh, well, that's right. good to know. Well, we can't go without asking what's behind your bar. Mm. I've been thinking oh, that I can't all Ricardo. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. For anyone who's who's listening, that's a bit boring, isn't it? But it's um, it's a nineteen seventy one Clan Crusader. It's a it's a sports car from the early seventies, built by some engineers from Lotus. Oh wow! Is that I'm guessing that the clue in the colour as well? Is it? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a nice murky shade of brown, very seventies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a whole story. So I make car films and um, I'm, I'm big into classic cars um, and I've made a series of films about the motorsport successes of the Clan Crusader. So I suppose it made sense to have one in my garage for when I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks great anyway. Um, it's it's just the quietest fun. part of my uh, my house because I've got three kids. So having a podcast in the house just around bedtime was never going to work. So I'll sit, I'll sit in the garage instead. And I, I'm sure <laughs> until this comes out, my wife will really wonder whether or not there was a podcast at all. Get out! Get me off the hook. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Um, as as we mentioned, we we we've got our own podcast to do afterwards, and um, we're going to keep that one away from you because obviously that does probably border on conflict of interest for yourself. So we we want to keep you away from anything like that. So um, I want to say it's been a, a pleasure to have you on, and um, really insightful for stuff that we don't see or know what goes on in the background. So. It's, it, like I say, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Paul. If I can leave you one last request, um, I know a few of the fans are asking this, and hopefully you can take it back. It's not something you can deliver yourself, but in terms of these away shirts, we a lot of us ordered one on the 19th of July, um, and we, we was told mid to late October, and we've heard nothing out of you. So we're now in... way. There's an update coming out very soon, I know that for a fact, and they are on their way, finally. There have been some delays, I think. Um, I mean, I know from where I was previously, a lot of the things that we ordered at the beginning of the year took about three or four months of a dive because of the world going into meltdown and, and seismic shock after the lockdowns all ended. So, um, yeah, they are on the way and um, I want one myself. Uh, so uh, I'm just as invested in that as you are. So um, they're on the way. I think I saw on, um, on, your, on your LinkedIn, I think when you, you posted a picture of, it might have been a show on your LinkedIn, it's where your kids got the, the black kit. Yes, so the kids' kits yeah, are in. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I bought, but but Cole, my, my seven-year-old, hadn't seen the black kit. So, obviously, there's us thinking it links to history. It's very arty, and it is a fantastic-looking shirt, and everyone's yeah. celebrating it. Cole's only ever seen the, the orange with the flash, you see. So, I gave him this for his birthday, and, and the, our eldest was like, oh, that's amazing. And Cole was like, it's a T-shirt. I wanted the football shirt. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's the best one. That's the one everyone wants, Cole. So um, now we've seen them playing it. it. The nicest away shirt in football at the moment. Yeah, it is. And again, so it's again, a great sorry. bit of the club. It's like the nicest away shirt it's amazing. in football, completely. Yeah, and and we've got FIFA 22 as well, and it's got it's that's in that as well, which is really cool. So now Cole's seen them playing in it because they played uh, obviously on Saturday in it. Um, he's now very excited to have the away shirt. <laughs> It's finally took out the cellophane, has he? So. <laughs> finally stuck it on now, yeah. Brilliant. Well, on that note, Paul, um, thanks for answering my uh, my personal question. Um, it, like I said, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and hopefully we can do something again where we may touch base in a half a year's time and see what, what we've seen change. So it could be good. Absolutely. And if anyone's got any questions, you know, my door's always open. Um, I, I do want to be accessible, and I want people to be able to ask the questions and give us feedback, because that feedback's so useful as we go forward we need to make sure like you know cleaning the stadium was something we took on board 
and we're working really hard on and we're changing things as a result and so your feedback and the fans feedback is, yes. is really important so you know i am accessible um i am really proud to be doing what i'm doing and representing you all in, in doing this job um so thanks for having me on no it's been a pleasure i've really enjoyed it i don't know about the other two yeah, fantastic stuff. Yes, it's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very encouraging Nathaniel's to hear. Not so sure. If Rory was here, it might have been a different story. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah, I suppose. Can we get Rory in a suit instead of this kid? Get him in a suit for the match experience. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure, and we'll, we'll, and we'll tie it up there. Thanks a lot for everybody who's listening. Um, it goes a long way. We've seen our numbers go up a lot recently, so thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, fellas. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.